Hey there, it's Mike with the SNM show on Pals for Life Radio. So yesterday we had our first uh, episode of the show in almost 13 years. I think it went really well uh, for those who listen live. The idea was to record the show and turn it into a podcast for people so they could listen to it after the fact. Problem was I forgot to start recording in the beginning where we talked about life and catching up and all that stuff. So unfortunately, you missed the first 10, 15 minutes of the show, but everything after that is here minus the music. Promise we'll do better in the future. Still think it was a good time, but at least it gives you an idea of how things are going to go in the future. In the meantime, uh, feel free to give the station a listen anytime at palsradio.com. We've got all the best music of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and some personal favorites thrown in. So if you want to listen to it while you're at work, that's great. Uh, You know, just have a good time. Uh, We hope you enjoy this, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again next week. Take care. In a world of uncertainty and despair, two heroes have reunited when they're needed the most. Live from the Pals for Life studios, it's the SM Show. Here are your hosts, Shane Ryan and Mike Bowers. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, welcome, 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 welcome back. All right, and we are back. That was uh that was some good stuff, I'd say. By the way, don't forget to unmute there. Happens when you muted me. Oh, <laughs> uh, the world! Yeah, of... No, I didn't do that. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> the world of Zoom. So, uh, just to give you a quick rundown. Uh, first up, we had "Can't Tax the Sun" by Dara. Uh, Step by Step by New Kids on the Block. Followed up by the song "Eva" by Nightwish, and you probably recognized "Come Sail Away" by the one and only Eric Cartman. All in all, we have nothing but good things on this show. So we're gonna switch gears a little bit. I know we talked. Uh, we're a little more. Uh, we were a little bit more lighthearted last segment. Uh, we're gonna get more serious this go around uh, because you know Shane and I have been talking and we realized that a lot of folks today are complaining about the uh, the concept of quote unquote cancel culture. You know, uh, the Dr. Seuss estate decides they want to stop selling a few books, and all of a sudden people are concerned they're getting canceled. Well, first of all, that's not canceling. What we're about to do is cancel some stuff in a new segment we call Cancel Corner. I wish we had some cool music for that. <laughs> we'll probably... I'll yeah, go, we can work on that. I'll go to Fiverr to, to hire somebody to do that for us. So uh, I'll kick things off. So first of all, the first thing I would like to cancel is the online recipe novel that gets added before the recipe. So pretty I'm pretty much every recipe. Exactly. So I go online and I'm looking for, you know, I want a recipe for how to bake barbecue chicken in the oven. Seems pretty straightforward. Except I have to read a thousand word missive about how your Aunt Susie's cousin Joe likes to bake it a certain way and how it reminds you of the good old days when you sat on the porch and drank sweet tea and 
uh, talked about how much you loved America, and I don't need that. I need to know the temperature. About all the iterations, all the iterations you went through to to develop this, and how you've made some changes and modifications, and all the love that goes into it. So I don't. All I need to know is the temperature. Plus all the ads that it gets dropped in. Right. I need to know the temperature. I need to know the ingredients. I need to know how long to cook it for. That is it. I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about your backstory. Give me the damn recipe. So online recipes, I'm sorry, but you're getting canceled today. You do, been so canceled. Do you do the meal so do you do the meal planning in your house? Like how do you like how does that all work out for you? Uh mostly. I think we reached a point now where uh we're tired of cooking and figuring out things to cook. So we've been doing the meal kits lately because it takes a lot of okay. the guesswork out of it. Right. And sometimes we got uh, we got desperate enough to where it was some of those meal kits where uh, everything's already prepared. You stick a pan in the oven and yeah, and tells you everything step by step, and you're good to go. Yeah, and you have fresh food. So those things were the best. Like my wife, she she bless her heart, meal preps for all of us, and she does a lot of these. Like she finds all these recipes online. So like and now she's back coaching five days a week. So. I'm doing a lot of the picking up Quinn from daycare and then, you know, making the dinners. She's like, here, I'll send you the recipe. And the worst part about those recipes are, um, do you have your phone set for like, uh, how, how, uh, when do you have it go at sleep? Like how many seconds? Uh, probably 30. So I don't do that. I have it a lot less cause like whatever. So like I constantly, when I'm going through these things and I like do a step, it then, goes back to sleep and then i have to go start all the way over again so to just keep funneling down and finding out where i left off so it's like almost i get double 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 whammy on that one so it's the worst so again online recipes you've been canceled all right shane what you got all right, I got this one. This one may not relate to you, but some of the parents out there, um, if you know this, you'll know where I'm coming from. Um, if you have not gotten to this stage with your kid yet, hold on as long as you can from giving them tablets. But when you need a few minutes and you need some time, giving your ta- uh, kid a tablet is one of the easiest things to do. Obviously, you don't want to let them go on YouTube. So you're like, oh, let's do YouTube kids. How, how, good, how bad could that be? That is the worst cesspool of the internet and it is terrible and yes they do screen a lot of this stuff but oh my lord man if you are listening to it like i have to turn the volume down and i just listen in on some of the stuff that my daughter is saying to it is terrible terrible songs it is loud noises it is definitely pedophiles like just talking to kids saying different things um it is kids doing toy reviews that of course you now have like amazing amazing um, uh, amazing, amazing, like followings and they get all this stuff paid for in advertisements, but your kid then wants everything. It's got foreign families just reenacting awful plays and using all these things. It is the worst stuff ever. And my daughter loves it like crack, man. She just constantly cannot get enough. Like it is, we have to like, unfortunately like motivate her sometimes. Like she just wants to watch videos and just scrolls through and she knows how to like scroll up. She knows our iPad codes now it is it is dangerous so I I it, while I do appreciate the time I do not know what I'm doing to my daughter's brain and I hope I mean that we're not the test case scenario for it because this is a relatively new phenomenon but it is the worst and avoid it for all you can so uh, I am officially if I can canceling YouTube kids you've been canceled 
Okay, well, I'm going to take it back here. Uh, joint Facebook profiles. <laughs> I've noticed this less and less now, but it's still a thing. It was especially... Still pretty prevalent. Yeah, and it was especially big, like, maybe five, ten years ago, where married couples, they get a joint Facebook profile. So it's no longer... You no longer have Dan's profile and Susie's profile. You have Dan and Susie or all these other like creative ways to work it in. So the Facebook filters don't realize that you're trying to do a multiple people on one profile. So it gives me, that gives me uh concern for a number of reasons. One is the fact that maybe I'm friends with Dan or maybe I'm friends with Susie, but I'm not necessarily friends with Dan and Susie. So Maybe I want to talk to one of them. And is the other person going to see everything I'm talking to that person about? That's no, that's not okay. <laughs> um, like, you know, Amanda and I have been married for two years. You and Steph have been married for what? Eight, nine years now. Um, yeah. Like, no. oh, come up on seven. Okay. My math is bad. Who? What is time anymore? Um, yeah. But, but you've been together for a while. You have your own friends. Like you don't. When you got married, there wasn't, I was at your wedding, there wasn't this formal ceremony where your different friend groups merged together to form one unified friend group. It's like, there's some people that you're friends with that Steph probably doesn't like. I may be one of them. There's people that you're probably, uh, that you probably aren't as fond of. That's probably not true. All of Steph's friends are the best. Um, (laughs) Don't want to get you in trouble there. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, (laughs) not listening. But but you get what I'm saying. It's like you got to have your own personality. And whenever I see that, I always come to who was the unfaithful one? Like, what is it that caused the other person to say, okay, you don't get any uh, individual Facebook privileges anymore? Um, It's just, it's awful and it's unhealthy. So Facebook joint profiles, I'm sorry. You've been canceled. All right, what you got? I got, let's see, um, CVS receipts. Oh, so, I mean, oh. this is not a, not a super popular take, but I went in there the other day and it just made me angry. I have a hard enough time with regular receipts. I go to Tim Hortons, go to coffee, get like this like five centimeter or five inch uh, receipt, put it on my car seat. It's amazing. You go to freaking CVS and that thing is three feet long. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Cause like, they don't even ask you, like, you know, most stores give you the common courtesy to be like, do you want a receipt? Or even if you're in the, doing the self checkout, you're like, do you want a receipt? Yes or no? Like CVS, like they are just constantly trolling you, dude. They know that you hate it and they know that they're memorable for it. So like, they don't even give you that option. Like, no, I'm not going to scroll down all this. I'm not going to fill out your survey. I don't care what time I purchase all these other things. Like it just goes on and on. I don't even, I haven't even read most of it because I don't even know what it is. I might I might just do that for an experiment one day. Like just go to CVS, buy a, a toothbrush so it's one item and get like this three foot long thing and just kind of see what it is. I'm probably missing like some really cool code or whatever. But all I know is that I have a hard enough time in my own car doing this. I'm like, what is going on in times of sustainability, times of like caring for the environment? Like how is that much receipt paper? good for the environment and then like also like for a business that like where hey it's online these days is where everyone orders everything toothbrush amazon what you're doing the whole nine yards like the extra paper costs like they can't be rolling in the dough i mean i know people need 
need um need medicines and need all this healthcare stuff but like all your major grocery stores have it you can order stuff online like you don't have to go out the t- door anymore they can't be doing well like don't you think a cost-saving maneuver might be to like limit the receipt so we don't have to pay for much as much ink or as much paper as possible it's ridiculous i i am done with it um obviously it's something that we all know it's probably been canceled before but hey i just went there today and i was like you know what i gotta bring this back up again so cvs receipts are canceled You've been canceled. All right. I got one more before we switch to something else. And I'll start by asking a question. I'll actually give you a couple of events. The Titanic sinking. World War One. What do those things have in common? Any uh, probably terrible movies that, uh, what was her name part of? Did Celine Dion sing a theme song for him? Yes. But, but besides that. Oh, and let me throw in the uh, the uh, the flu pandemic, all those things, the the influenza, the quote unquote Spanish flu, all those happened right, right. in the 1910s. Can you imagine? Like, obviously, things suck right now for us, but can you imagine having a war of that magnitude, having this big ass ship sink into the into the into the water? that eventually gets turned into a Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio movie and to have the pandemic on top of that. That's just, that's awful. And I just, I would, I, I hate it for the people. I mean, most of them are dead now, obviously, but you know, I just hate it for them that they had to go through all those horrible things at once. And then you get into the 1920s prohibition happens. Like, how much crap do you have to get at one time? Imagine if you were born in 1910 and you had all of that happen to you within the first 11, 12 years of your life. It's it's awful. It's not okay. So 1910s, I'm sorry, but you've been canceled. Okay. I like it. So that was strangely cathartic. So... We have to take our mandatory commercial breaks, so we're going to do that real quick. Uh, before we do that, a couple texter shout-outs we wanted to read off. Uh, one from North Carolina said, this is better than Hot Take Thursday. Uh, I forgot all about this. Don't worry. We still have that coming. And then a shout-out from the Bay Area, and they also uh, mentioned that there's an app called Just the Recipe where it will give you, imagine this, just the recipe it takes out all the all the narrative and it's just this is what you need to do this is what these are the ingredients these are the steps please test us back does it like have all the cool recipes or is it like just whatever source like you know can i still get my awesome awesome recipe because you know i might be worth worth the worth the frustration to get it but i I might we will check that out i might yeah i might have to check it out just to just to see what it's like because that sounds like a godsend So we are going to take another quick commercial break, play a couple songs. When we come back, we will hopefully be joined by a special guest, uh, one of our old friends. So this is the S&M Show on Pals for Life Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to Pals for Life Radio. Join the movement at palsradio.com. Just kidding. We're back for real now. I don't know how mute works anymore. What is mute? Sorry about that. We're still working out the kinks. It, hey, I, I didn't get auto muted that time, so I think we're good. Oh yeah, I, I didn't mute you this time. <laughs> it is six oh three Pacific, nine oh three 
Eastern time. Uh, I think it's like 7.03 the next day in Britain. Uh, I forget the other times. Anyway, we're back. Uh, that was Seasons of Love by the original Broadway cast of Rent featuring Stevie Wonder. A great song. We're back and we brought a friend with us this time. Shane, you want to tell us about our, our guest here? Well, I kind of want to let him uh, him tell us a little bit about himself just because there's so much to, to peel back and undo. But uh, we do have one of the original supporters of the show. Um, he is a longtime friend. We stayed in contact. He's done a lot of really cool things. Former Division One athlete. Um, worked in uh, politics for a bit. Worked in athletics for a bit. Was a radio personality. Has some pretty cool follows on Twitter. Decided he wanted to go and follow curling for a little while. So we're definitely going to dive into that. Um, but it is one of the OG listeners and supporters of the original uh, uh, S&M show, Price Atkinson. So welcome to the show, my friend. It is uh, great to see you. Thanks, boys. My wife, so my wife Rebecca, who I got to know you guys through, <laughs> just having dinner downstairs, finishing off some homemade nuggies with the kids, and I said, "You got to tell me a uh, a fun Shane and Mike story." She said, "What do you what, what do you want me to tell them for? You know them better than I do now. <laughs> you get, you went down more rabbit holes with both of them. So um, we have some good yeah. ones. <laughs> and so I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I guess this will be the second time, maybe third." time i've ever been on the snm show i mean it, it's obviously pals for life radio but it's still the snm show right guys absolutely I mean, it's, it's a it's a continuation after a very long hiatus but it's still the same song and dance absolutely it is much of the uh the second verse is the same as the first here uh just a little bit older and a little bit okay maybe not wiser but we're definitely a little bit older definitely, definitely not mature we've uh we've already established that uh steph is uh steph and i had that conversation last night <laughs> that uh, we were we decided to put our phone number was going to be and we thought it was hilarious uh we have not grown up but um I mean, a little something special about, though, your significant other was there for the original formation of the idea, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, right? It was at Moe's with uh, yeah. Rebecca? Yeah, we were at lunch at, uh, at Moe's, and the idea just came up that, because we, we would always feed off each other back and forth, and she's like, well, why don't you go do radio? And he was like, well, Clemson's got a station. It actually goes over the radio, so why not? And... We made it happen. So I was asking her about that, and I said, "How did the, how did they get this gig going again?" She said, "Well, they just decided to start it." <laughs> she said, "Yeah, because also they were able to get a one to three a.m. time slot on what is it the the radio station at Clemson was it WRFL? Is that it? Uh, WSBF. Yep. WSBF. My bad. There we go. But." Yeah. So when you start out, you got to do the midnight shift. And I did a midnight shift or two for a show in college of Kentucky. So I know what it's all about, but you guys have come a long way. You're in prime time now, boys. Cheers. It, it's it's easy to do prime time when you own the slots, but cheers to us. <laughs> yeah. When you own the station and you can kind of pick and choose when you want to go prime time, that, that certainly helps. I got to tell you guys something interesting, though, because I was looking. And the six, you mentioned the curling stuff and, you know, shout out, I'll shout out to my guys, Team USA getting ready to start the world championships tomorrow uh, up in Calgary. But it's funny because six degrees of separation. So I got into this curling gig back in, help me out, Michael. It was a a month after the Panthers, we got trucked by the Broncos in the Super Bowl because I get home from the Super Bowl. 
And I remember saying, like, I tweeted um, something like, I saw, like, I, I was just home, like, a day or two, and, and then I'd see one of the guys from the 12th Men Sports Network tweet about uh, Nationals one week away. And I, I remember writing him back, and this is how it all started. I said, man, that's a bucket list. I'd do anything to be a part of that. It was really kind of a, a, a tweet back to him in jest. Like, literally, it was, like, just kind of a joke. Yeah. Um, and, and they wrote back and said, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, so make a long story short. I ended up flying out to Washington State, working my first ever nationals. Did not know a single person was sick flying out there, could halfway talk. And they found, you know, they had me on the web stream and stuff like that. So I'm, here's where I'm getting to the six degrees of separation. So flew, fly to Washington State, Xfinity Arena. I have an affinity for your current city. We spent the week at Xfinity Arena, U.S. Nationals. I believe that was 2017. I uh, spent all week in uh, Everett, Washington. It was mm-hmm. one of the greatest weeks of my life and what I think is the greatest sport. Um, and then taking it forward now a couple of years, the last sporting event I was at was the Briar, which is the Canadian Men's Nationals, which was a year ago, literally a year ago, what, last March. So I fly in. I'm trying to get to Toronto. And then I'm going to drive um, from Toronto over to Kingston which is in Ontario, but all my flights and stuff, I get to Detroit, can't right, my neck of the woods these days. I fly to Ro- Rochester. No, I, yeah, I flew to Rochester. There it is. <laughs> and I flew to Rochester. The guys who own the 12th in sports network, they are both based in Rochester, New York. So oh. I got a flight. I was the last person on the flight. I got a, I got in there. They met me. One of them met me at the airport. I had dinner at their house. At 9.30 at night, I started out the drive up to Syracuse, then up to Watertown, and then into uh, into Ontario in a driving snowstorm. Ooh. It took about five hours. I crossed the border about 1 a.m., and I got to my hotel about 1.45. But first curling was right there in Everett, Washington, and my last sporting event, curling you know, live. I flew through Rochester to get there. And uh, that's the end of curling, man. I'm ready for it. To Might have been one of the in. last people through the border, too, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drove, yeah, and I had to drive back because I had the rental car, and I and I couldn't get a flight home from Rochester. I didn't want to. I wanted to fly to Syracuse because it was closer. It was what an hour closer, hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, so if you're coming, of, if you're coming that way, yeah. Yeah, so I had to drive the car back, you know, across the border on my birthday, March fourth, last year, and that's the last time I've been on an airplane. But it was coming right through your neck of the woods, Shane Michael. Yeah, that's where we're at, man. It's 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 and that and that's a treacherous path that like the, uh, on the ninety oh. right there because oh. like it'll be like impo- totally clear and then so snow squalls in all different areas. And if you take it even any further, like then there's Batavia and Buffalo, and it's just it can be it's nightmare fuel when you're driving because once I got north of Syracuse, it was when I got almost to Watertown. And that's where it got hairy, man. And I was white knuckling it. Those squalls were coming off the water. My buddy uh, in Toronto was literally play by playing like weather by the second to me because I was. It was only me and a bunch of eighteen wheelers, and I knew if I did not get up there that I might be stuck for two days. So I just had to grind it, man. And I was down to like 15, 20 miles an hour, just creeping up to finally got across the border into Ontario. Anyway. Six degrees of separation right there. And you actually, um, did I remember right that there was a curling event in uh, at my old employer out in Cheney, Washington? At Eastern Washington? Y- yes. Yeah, so that's the, 
the uh, last year we had nationals in Cheney. We actually stayed down in Spokane. They had us at a casino. I don't know why. They thought it'd be real nice. I finally learned how to play craps about midweek, so it did become a nice spot to be at. But we were trying, and it was not a bad drive up to Cheney because we were on that side of Spokane. Right. But it was right there at e- uh, E-Dub. Uh, Michael Roos Field, right across the street. Michael Roos, who was in the house. Oh, he was. Up. Okay. Yeah, because he plays. Um, he's curling now. He plays uh, with Jared Allen, the former defensive end. Oh, that's the right. They the put box. a team together of uh, former guys. Team All-Pro, yeah. So they didn't make it. They didn't get through the challenge round, which they had hoped, because that would have been a really cool story if Michael had gotten to curl with Jared you know, Jared and those guys. They've been working hard, man, but uh, they just didn't make it. But still, it, it was right there in his backyard, in his front yard. What am I saying? The, the state, the field across the street is named for him. So he came in through the ceremonial first stone on the first day, and he stuck around for the next day. It was really cool. So, yeah, yeah I can see it. Say I saw the red turf. I don't know how anybody would want to play and go to school and play with a red football field. I think uh, I think when I interviewed there, it was when they were putting the turf in. And I remember I was talking to Shane about it at the time, and he was like, is that the place with the red turf? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just, it's, I know it's in Washington. That's all I got. And then – when we uh, when I went on the tour, sure enough, they were they were laying it down. Um, Edub was cool, man. I really liked. I mean, I didn't get to see a lot of the campus because we were it was literally you know fourteen hour days pretty much. You know, you're at the rink first draw at nine. We're out of there about you know ten after ten at night. Um, but I mean, the campus what I saw was beautiful. I really liked it. Just being right outside Spokane, right in a great spot. Spokane was beautiful, man. I now I know why Mark Few does not why he does not leave Gonzaga. He should not leave. What a amazing place he's got built. Another tangent for another day. But yeah, some great stops you've been at along the way, Michael. Yeah, he's a god there. I I, I would never <laughs> I would never leave there if I were him either. But let's yeah. uh let's take a couple uh let's take a trip down memory lane here. So obviously let's we know you've been up to more recently, but when we knew you way back when, you oh were boy. <laughs> <laughs> I got stories. On, I got stories on at least one of you guys, and I know it does not need to be said on these airways. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. I, I was. I was preparing for if it was going to come out or not going to come out. I didn't so say who. I did not say who. <laughs> I, I know the story in question. Uh, I won't go into the specifics, but um, you did some. You were a congressional staffer at one point. Is that? It's an alleged story, by the way. It's expunged. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> It, it may be expunged officially, but it will never leave right here. It's always that much. But you did uh, you did yeah. some work in Congress, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. I think that's when I knew you guys. So about what oh five to two thousand ten. Yeah. I worked for my boss, who's my boss again, but not in Congress, Bob Inglis. Yeah. So was able to work for six years and you know serve the you know people of the fourth district as his communications director. Did some awesome things, you know, got to be in the house for six state of the unions and the Capitol those nine. I mean, just some really neat, some really neat things. Getting to meet two presidents after they came off the house floor, just literally, literally happenstance how it happened. Meeting uh, W George W after he came off his very last one. And then when Obama walked out a side door, my boss and I just happened to be leaving. And he's like, hold on, that's the motorcade over there. I think he's still inside. Let's stay right here. So it was me and my boss, and it was uh, Congressman, uh, I think it was Congressman Murphy from Pennsylvania and his guest. It was like four of us just standing there. All of a sudden, 10 minutes later, Michelle and Brock walk out that side door, and 
you know, great speech, Mr. President. Signs my copy up. It's like just it just luck, luck. That's all it was. Yeah, so, I, I have was, a yeah, really cool. I have a friend who uh, he was a staffer for. I think it was for Chris Coons, and he yeah. was uh, reminiscing right after the election about the first time he met Joe Biden. And uh, here's the beauty of our station is because we're internet, we can say these things. But uh, yeah. he said he was sitting on the hood of his car waiting for, uh, I can't remember if he's waiting for the senator to come out or somebody else. But Coons walks, walks out of the building and he's walking with Biden and Biden sees this guy and he's sitting on the hood of his car listening to some music and Biden just turns to Coons and says, check out this fucking guy. And he was like, that's, that's the first time I met the uh, future president of the United States. So I, I, and I'm, I met Joe Biden one time and, and talked to him and he's as authentic and real. I mean, he is, he was, he, you have to drag him away. It's kind of like me, like Becca says, when we go to events back when you could go to events, you, know, you have to get the cane and the hook to hook him out of there because mm-hmm. he'll talk forever. Like I do, like. You know, she gets mad at me because we're always the last to leave, and he's kind of the same way. And he came and talked to a fly-in we had of a, a chamber group one time, and you know I caught him afterwards and just got a photo. This is 2005, 2006, and he just was could not have been nicer. Um, you know, didn't highbrow me or anything like that. Um, just an awesome dude. But that's the only time I ever ever met the guy and really talked to. Him. But yeah, won't won't get too political. Go down those rabbit kind of holes because I don't know what uh, what kind of show what. <laughs> I'd get in with the bosses of the station here on that. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll steer we're kind of in the same boat. Yeah, we'll we'll move on to something else though. But I'm I'm curious. Uh, so you you worked for the congressman both during and after his time there, and then at some point yep. you made the transition to radio. How did that How did that come about? Like a lot of people who've done radio, it just kind of like I asked a lot of them. It just happened. Like I got back here. Um, <clears throat> After I, when Bob lost the primary in 2010, we got kicked out. Uh, I moved to DC. It was up there for 13 months while Rebecca stayed down here. And I was able to fly home about two times a month, sometimes three, depending on how the dates fell. Um, and then finally got a job back here at a small PR firm. But my buddy, Mark Sturgis, who I had worked with at the Greenville News, he had, uh, right before I'd started, uh, it was about 04. I hadn't talked to we had I mean we kinda kept in touch, but you know, he was still doing radio, which he was, you know, kind of doing full time. And I got back here and he's he's just like, Hey, you wanna come and sit in with me one night and smoke on the water? He had a show from seven to nine. I was like, sure, I'll I'll come in and sit with you. So I just you know, just you know, a good friend of mine helping him out, you know, having somebody else here to talk to you guys know instead of doing two hours by yourself, it's so much easier when you have somebody to play off of and, and can kind of cut up with and get into different topics. I, I was just kind of helping them out and doing it. Then it be, one day a week became like two, then it became three, you know, then when he left uh, the station in Clemson, he uh, was pulled over to ESPN upstate. and was like, dude, I'm going to do this, but you got to come with me. I was like, I'm making, I'm doing a job that's trying to pay the bills. Like I'll help you and do a couple. So I was, I got on and was doing, you know, I, three or four days a week with him there, it, it became about four days, you know, four to seven uh, in the afternoon drive time, which was a lot of fun. You know, got to do a lot of, you know, Super Bowl, you know, Clemson National Championship a couple times, uh, Little League World Series. I got to do a lot of cool things, but it was really, you know, Mark's a, a good friend, still is a good friend. And, you know, I just, I, I had to kind of pull away because with kids getting older and, you know, I need to be home at the four to seven is you it, with kids. It's a, <laughs> 
it's a very important hour of the day. You mm-hmm. have pickup from school, daycare, you have homework time, dinner time, bath time. I mean, it is literally the golden hour of the day when it comes to family. So instead of yakking on radio, I just was like, I want to be with my kids. I, my wife needs it here for her peace of mind. So um, Becca put up with it for a while, but then also I wanted to go in with my side hustle, um, put it all into curling. And so that's, you know, I kind of told Mark, said, look, that's just my days have come and gone. Um, and unfortunately, the, the, unfortunately, the time was when he had some health problems and it, it, it was a good time, but kind of at the same time as a bad time to step away. Um, but it was just, I had fun doing it. It's a lot of fun. I don't know how some of these guys can, you know, put on the act every single day and literally tell you something that they really don't believe, but they do it for ratings and mm-hmm. to do it to hear themselves talk. I just can't do that every day. And, you know, it was fun. I enjoy doing it um here and there but yeah i don't think i'm cut out for a radio guy but it you know look great opportunities i will never say a bad thing about it like getting to cover a lot of games and do things on the side i mean that you know our trips are usually all paid i mean little league world series i mean the super bowl i mean i don't ever do a super bowl get trust it for me don't ever go to the super bowl it is one of the worst and it was bad because the Panthers lost, number one, but it is a racket. The best part of the Super Bowl was Radio Row and being in the cooker. I mean, it, that that was the coolest part downtown San Francisco. Outside of that, Super Bowl sucks. Yeah, the food's like, was it like $20 for a beer or something like that? Yeah, I walked in, and that's the first thing I did. So when I got in, I didn't even go straight to my seat in the auxiliary media section in the end zone. I walked over to a concession stand, and when I saw a bottle of water for fourteen fifty. Uh, you know, a hamburger, a barbecue sandwich for twenty four fifty. I said, "You've got to be kidding me! Wow. You have got to be kidding me! This is the ultimate racket in why anybody would pay a dime." I mean, luckily we didn't have to pay a dime. We had some sponsors cover the trip. We stayed down in Santa Cruz, which was cool. But I mean, the I, I, I don't. It's just watch it on television. I mean, don't go. It's it's just a colossal waste of time and. You know, see the Panthers lose, it made it really bad. But uh, it, it was still cool to see done once. But it just it, – it was just kind of a – it didn't leave a good taste in your mouth. The, and it, working with the NFL, I'll tell you guys a quick story. And this is since we're on radio. If you want to hear it, if you don't, that's tell me. But so we were, right. the, we were radio row at the Super Bowl. So I usually would handle all the credentialing and, and radio stuff. And Mark would handle the technical side of things, like all the equipment and everything. So – I'm working with the NFL trying, you know, getting our, you know, I mean, it is literally, you got to have a, almost, you know, a colonoscopy and sh- let them see the video of it to be able to get credential to a Super Bowl, much less get on Radio Row. So we were able to get through there, get navigated all those things. So we're, you know, in downtown San Francisco, you got all these different stations and you're like, okay, the bandwidth in there's going to be pretty tough. We'll use the 4G card to connect and, you know, get connected with the station on the comrades. So, you know, I asked them, I said, well, what does it cost to get, you know, a Ethernet line run? Well, they tell me, I said, all right, we're not going to pay 800 bucks just to have a line run. Uh. So we sit, we get to our location. Maybe once we fly out there, we get all our equipment. We go to Radio Row the next day. We take the BART all in. We get there. We're like, you know, loving life. It's awesome. So we set up and under the table, I'm, you know, we're getting all the equipment out. And I see a phone line and I'm like, okay, wow, we might get lucky on this thing. 
Well, we got connected through the 4G card, but you never know once you get up, you figured, all right, we might have some you know, interference. We might get knocked off. And that's the worst thing in the world is when you get knocked off, you're trying to get reconnect. So I see this internet line and I said, Sturge, plug that ethernet cable in. Let's see if it's hot. Because if it's hot, we're in business. He plugs it in. Nope. And I look at the other tables over there. I'm like, they've all got them. What the hell? Sure enough, make a long story short, they run the line. They do all the work in advance to every table in there. They want to charge you 800 bucks just to flip a switch and turn it on. Uh, the oh. NFL. And so that's, I have been, ever since then, I have, I have watched very little NFL. I, I, I just, I've been done with the NFL. It doesn't have deflate gate and all that stuff has worn me out. But that whole Super Bowl experience flat wore me out with that league. I just, it's just a corporate racket, and they are a ripoff. And I kind of got a inside glimpse on just what the NFL is really about. So if I can, if I can do this on your behalf, uh, NFL Price Atkinson says you've been canceled. This guy wasn't going to lose an ounce of sleep if COVID had knocked them out. Now, some of the other stuff, my baseball and everything, yeah, I was not happy about that. But, yeah, I wouldn't have lost an ounce of sleep on the NFL stuff. Sorry, guys. No, it's hey, cool. No, that's we appreciate that. So let, let's flip it Let's flip it the other side. What was uh, So that was definitely the worst experience you've had to cover. What was? What would you say was the best experience you've had to cover from from that side of the table? Man, probably the Little League World Series. That That is one of the coolest things I've ever experienced because – you go to Williamsport, we drive up, and it's like the hair starts standing up on my arm. Like, you see Lomity Stadium from down, like, you're, it's high. You guys have been, you see it down, like, in this kind of valley, sort of, from where you drive up on the road. And, you know, you get there, and, you know, they don't charge for tickets. You know, all the seats in there are free. You know, the hill yep. is free. Um, it's it's a it's just a pure sporting event. You know, you don't have the cussing in the stands. You don't have the you, you just don't have people dogging each other out, you know, that have had too much to drink. I mean, it's just it just was a very pure about the kids type of experience. And, you know, the, the team from here, we hadn't had a South Carolina team make it since I think it was like the 50s. And they oh, wow. were 0-2 all time. So when Northwood made it, because um, I started kind of watching them when they were in the regional, I, I told Sturgis, I said, dude, you might want to keep an eye on this. These kids are, they got a shot. We might want to think about this. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he laughed at me. I said, no, I'm dead serious. And I kind of figured out a way to skin it, you know, to get up there and how we get. So we we drove up there. We, were only, we only stayed two nights. We had to stay about 30 minutes away. But we drove back through the night, stopped in Hagerstown. I think we stayed in Hagerstown, Maryland, come back. I mean. We left the station at like 2 a.m. to drive up there, and we I mean, we pull up, and I mean, we were only there about a day and a half, uh, two nights. But um, you know, the South Carolina team, uh, Alex Edmondson, who's actually going to play at Clemson, ironically, um, I think he's going to be a, I think he's either a freshman this year, going to be a freshman next year. Um, he he didn't throw a no, did he throw a no hitter anyway. The South, yeah, he did throw a no hitter. South Carolina won the first their the first game in in state history. They won it, I think it was five to one. Tim Kirchin from ESPN's on the air with us. Like we're literally doing the radio show live during the game. We can't give awesome. score updates because of the the blackout rules that with ESPN. We you can't give play by play. We can just kind of give updates. But Kirchin's on the air with us. And Terrence Gist, who ended up playing high school football, and I think he might be playing college football somewhere, 
he hits a home run, and it was – they said after the game the longest home run ever hit. It, that's what they told us. But when he hit that ball where you're sitting in the media seat, seats, you can't – you got to, like, duck down. You're in the main field? Balls on the we're main on, field. The main field with the hill? Yep. Yeah. So it's a left field, and Kirchin is in the middle of a story, and we got headsets on like I'm wearing now, and that ball is hit. You could hear the pop on it when the kid hit it with the bat at the plate. And the way it got out of that stadium, he literally stopped and said, whoa, whoa, oh, my God, did you guys see that right? And this is Tim Kirchin for ESPN, and he just he came out of his seat just how excited, how cool it was. It, it just was – Lily World Series, just an amazing. I, I I love to I'd go back in a heartbeat. It was so much fun. Only three hours away from me, so if you want to fly into Rochester, New York, we can drive. My 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 folks did that. We got to do that about two years ago, and it was one of the things we got to check off my bucket list. And one of the the coolest experiences I've ever had. I mean, small town America. Yeah. Concessions. Concessions. I mean, merchandise is a little expensive, but concessions are still reasonably priced. We found yep. a bar walking into it that had like six dollar Yingling pitchers and like yep. reasonably priced like sandwiches and food, and then we ended up on the way back out, sitting back in that same bar eating dinner, and it was just I mean yeah. it was just an amazing, amazing experience watching yeah. that town just rally around that, and they live it and is. die for that. It, it's just incredible. Yeah, it's to slide down the hill on the cardboard and to go in the museum up at the top and. You know, like all the kids stay in that little gated area, the dorms, like right next to the – I mean, it just was unlike anything we I'd ever seen, we had ever seen. We just we, – I mean, we love it, it. I can't say enough cool things about that. It was just awesome. We were there the, uh, the same day that they were doing the big league game. Now they do the big league mm-hmm. game there. So the day we were there, we got to see like all the it was the Mets versus Pirates, and all the Mets and Pirates fan, players were all in the stands, spending time with the kids. And our whole yeah. goal was like, oh man, maybe we can scalp a ticket there. But they they yeah. locked that down for the the minor league teams because they give yeah. it to like first responders, like all the important people. Like it's all about that community, and you can't yeah. get in. Like they only have like very small tickets for people that are not part of that community. It's just such a such an interesting yeah. experience because it's like you're in the middle of nowhere. And I used to, that was actually funnily, uh, ironically enough, when we were living in DC and about to move back up, we always drove through Williamsport and we're like, oh, we should do yeah. this one year. And it just finally made us do it. But such a cool experience for sure. Yeah. I wish I, I wish when I was working at the Naval Academy back in uh, 2004 when they started doing the, um, the spring training game. Um, there at the at the academy like the um it first started i believe it was the rays because one of our players shortstop his dad worked in the front office for the rays um but this was after i long after i had left and come back down here when i was palling around with you guys on um where your uh, radio station name came from and you know i miss those days because they got the rays to come play navy it was like navy versus the tampa bay rays navy mm-hmm. versus the red sox one year the orioles have come to the academy and the only people they let in are like the midshipmen, and then you right. know staffed and TV working the game. I never got to experience one of those. That would have been that would have been a lot of fun, kind of similar to that. So I feel like before we get you out here, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Kentucky uh, and uh, UK basketball. Why? Why? Okay, well we'll we'll, uh, we'll go with something else a little well, bit you easier. You just got Kellen first. Grady. You just got Kellen Grady, dude. Who was that? <laughs> He's a A ten A ten stud. I'll be honest with you guys. So this year for college sports, since COVID began, 
I watched one college, one and a half college football games. I watched the Army Navy game because this is half two, and I watched that first half of Clemson, Ohio State. That's all I saw. And I, the last college basketball game before March Madness was before Thanksgiving, and it had nothing to do with Kentucky, you know, sucking. College sports in this COVID, you know, I got no problem that they played it. Like, none. I think it's fair to the athletes, fair to the coaches, the athletic department folks that make their living. I got zero problem. I just didn't have an interest in, in any of it. None. Because of, you got players missing games. You know, like when Trevor, like Casey, Trevor Lawrence misses that Notre Dame game, COVID, right? Well, next thing you know, Notre Dame is probably the next best team in the country to challenge Alabama, right? You remember <laughs> hearing all that after that game? Yeah. Even with Trevor <laughs> I remember Lawrence, not, I remember not like, buying any of it. Well, I didn't either, but like it's just you know you got players that were out and look they, I mean that's that's we were we're still living in that world, right? I mean it's obviously we're we're almost out of it. We can see the light in the tunnel, but when you have like players missing and you know you got rules like well if you got five healthy players healthy in terms of non-COVID you got to play your NCAA tournament. I just think some of it's been a racket. Most of it I just haven't had an interest, and so like I'm I'll return back to college sports in in the fall, but. I mean, I've watched I've watched a good bit of the tournament because I'm a basketball guy. That's the sport yeah. I love the most. I mean, so I've watched. I, mean, I didn't watch the selection show for, for uh, that Sunday night for the first time, and I think probably what forty six now, probably since I was eleven, so thirty five years. That's the first time I haven't watched the selection show wow. since I was like eleven or twelve. I just not, didn't have the interest, but I was like, you know, I'll see. You know, I think I was at uh, kids base for soccer or something like that. I was like, yeah, I'll see it. I didn't even see a bracket till like late Monday almost 24 hours after it came out. Uh, but I've watched uh, – I, mean, I, I have watched a good bit of the tournament. I haven't watched every game. I've gone to bed at halftime a lot of games just because I don't want to stay up, whereas I would used to have, like, all the screens going on my iPad, on my laptop, on TV. But I just, some of this stuff has just been boring. And I guess – It's also I, harder I, on a Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, there's some of it I've liked with the different schedule. Like, I'll tell you – I don't know about you guys. The one thing – that I have been really interested in with all this COVID going on, which, I mean, look, let me just say, this is obviously a terrible, terrible thing we're all going through. Look, I, we all know that. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. But the one thing that I have found very cool and interesting is the way, and the one thing that I'd like to watch is to see how these leagues, like I, I, I watched so much of the NBA bubble and the NHL in the bubble last summer. I thought those were the coolest things. The way Disney and they played that thing down in Orlando and the job the NBA did, and I've never been a big NBA fan. I love basketball, but I've always hated the NBA. I thought that was one of the coolest things, the way they did that whole thing and made it possible. The NHL, I thought, did a, a really good job. And, you know, I was interested in the optics of seeing, like, history. We're, we saw things like those bubbles and stuff we'll never see again. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, playing college football games on campuses with, without – a lot anybody there I, that just didn't do it for me but like when you know an NCAA tournament they're playing in Indianapolis and they're literally playing in the same gym every day you know the Hinkle Field House but yet the announcer who may have called you know this team two days ago they may not get that game again some of the logistics and some of it's behind the scenes interest but just the optics and the logistics and some of the things that we've seen that is one thing I've I found to be really kind of cool. And I don't mean that COVID's been cool, but, you know, the way that creativity has blossomed in so many different areas during this COVID situation, whether it's social media content, whether it's running a small business, 
whether it's running a multi-million dollar, you know, sporting, you know, March Madness. Some, I just think we've seen some amazing creativity from so many people in, you know, this country, you know, where we've had to get creative and in, into doing things and to keep fun in our lives, to keep happiness, to keep joy. And, you know, sports obviously is, is such a big part of that, as you guys know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, March Madness has been kind of the one, one of the nice distractions I've had the last couple of weeks, and I hadn't watched a game all season. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a nice distraction. So I have to ask um, because I think my brother's listening. He's a big Tar Heel fan. I'd be remiss mm-hmm. if I didn't ask. With Roy Williams retiring <laughs> today, who do you think's going to take the job there? Oh, man, that's. That's a good question. I mean, so I guess the the big question is, do you keep it in the family or not? Right. I mean, I'd love to see. I'd love to see Carolina go in the tank and never come out of it. Like when Kay retires at Duke, <laughs> I want to see Duke go in this tank and never recover. And I'm hoping North. I'm hoping we'll get a Guthridge and Brad or was it uh, Matt Doherty situation in Carolina <laughs> again? I don't. I don't think we'll get lucky. But um, if I was a betting man right now, I mean. If I if I could get Mark Few, I would ask it. I would at least ask because I think tires. it might be one of the few jobs he might. I don't know Mark Few. I've never met him. I've never talked to him. But he would be somebody kind of out of the Roy mold that I would at least ask. Um, and you got to think. I mean, it's a blue blood job. You know, people will say, "Well, Indiana, that's open. That's a blue blood." No, that's not a blue blood job anymore. That's a that's a. Nope. It might be a top. Texas is more of a blue blood job than Indiana, but. North Carolina is a flat blue blood job. The question is, are they going to try and keep it in the family? And if they do, I mean, I think you hear the probably the same names that I do, Jerry Stackhouse, Wes Miller, and <clears throat> what's uh, Hubert Davis, who's on the staff. If it were me and you're going to try and go the family route, I would probably go with Wes Miller with what he's done at UNCG because, mm-hmm. you know, people, Carolina fans are, you know, they're snooty and look down on everybody, even themselves a lot of times. They'll say, well, we're better than UNCG. Why the heck are we hiring a, a guy from the Southern Conference? Well, he's done a damn good job there. Um, and he's done – when you do – here's the thing. When you – the small schools and you see the flash in the pan kind of thing a lot, <clears throat> Bob McKillop at Davidson clearly is is an example of, of one of the best pure coaches in America. Like John Beeline, like put them at any school they will win because they are just Mark Schmidt, flat Saint out. Bonaventure. Mark Schmidt, St. Bonaventure. I, I wouldn't put him in that con- category, but like <laughs> Come on. The, blah, blah. The, the small, <laughs> like the small school, not Davidson, but like a West Miller at UNC Greensboro. Um, Mike Young at Wofford, who's now at Virginia Tech. Um, yep. Porter Mosier at Loyola Chicago. <clears throat> when you've got guys that are at those small schools, and you can have one of those schools like kind of build up to their that crescendo of success when they get the right mix of a talented player and some seniors, but then it falls off the table. But when you have people like you know, Mark Few is kind of an example, they, they're a blue blood now. I don't care what anybody say. Gonzaga is a blue blood program. They need to win a natty, and they're going to do it this year. I, I, I'm convinced that they're going to win the whole thing, and I have been from the beginning. That will really cement them as a blue blood. But when you at those small schools, when you have sustained success like Wes Miller's had at UNCG, that is when you know you've got a guy who at least has his head on his shoulders, knows what he's doing. And that's why I think, you know, Terry Stackhouse is a name. He hasn't done squat at Vanderbilt. He's gotten some decent recruits. He's got a few players. He hasn't done 
anything to make me think he can coach a lick. Wes Miller has. I don't think Hubert Davis, I mean, he's recruited. He's been, you know, a guy behind the scenes. I'm just not going to hire a guy in North Carolina that hadn't sat in the big boy chair and has been a head coach. And that's why I wouldn't hire Hubert Davis. Jerry Stackhouse has been head coach for, I think, two years. But Jared Haas at uh, Stanford, no. I just don't. I, Wes Miller, if you're going to go the family route, that, that would be the way I'd go. So you heard it here first on Pals for Life Radio. Price Atkinson is reporting that Wes Miller will be the next head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Price Atkinson is not reporting that on Pals for Life Radio on the SM show. If my name shows up on Google in an hour, I'm coming to kick both your ass. Shane, will you throw that on the Twitter account? I'm tweeting John Rothstein right now. All right. No, I, I. I, I, my bud, my sister's boyfriend, he texted me early and said, so he's a big Duke guy. He said, so who's going to be the next, uh, who's going to be the next North Carolina coach? He said, dude, it can only be one person. And Rick Pitino, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make the joke if you didn't, so. Yeah. I, look, seriously, you want to be serious, though? I'd hire Rick Pitino tomorrow. Good tomorrow. Coach. Coach. One of the, it, it, I mean, one, maybe the, maybe the best doing it right now. Yeah, I know Kay's still coaching. Rick Pitino is just as good a coach, if not better, than Mike Krzyzewski. Plus, he has longevity. I mean, as a vampire, he's been around for approximately 3,000 yep. years. So yep. he, he's seen it all yep. and then some. Yeah, I know. Dude, if Indiana was smart, if Indiana were smart, they would have hired Rick Pitino. I don't think Rick Pitino is ever leaving Iowa. I'll just say that for the record. Yeah. Really? <clears throat> no. I don't think he's ever. I think that's where he's finishing. He's, he's done there. It's a nice retirement tour. Yeah. Well, Price, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fun. Let's do this again sometime. Guys, the new installment of S&M Show. Cheers to both of you all. This yes. is awesome not only to get to talk, but to see your pretty faces. I know. I'd love to do it again. Yeah, I'll drink to that. But uh, Price Atkinson, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after uh, in a few minutes. This is the S&M Show here on Pals for Life Radio. You're listening to Pals for Life Radio. Join the movement at palsradio.com. Okay, and we're back. That was, as I find the mute button so Shane can hear me, we're good. That was uh, Backstreet Boy, or excuse me, Kenny's Dead by Master P and Comeback Song by Darius Rucker. You might notice a theme with some of these songs tonight. I'll post the playlist on Spotify uh, include some songs that we picked out that we didn't have time to get to because we were just having so much fun. And if you notice the theme, hit us up. I think you'll figure it out. You, you all are pretty smart people. So wow, Shane, it's been it's been almost two hours. We're dude, it uh, goes it goes way fast. I know we were chatting at the break about this, but I, I was like, you know, we got this whole list and this whole like run of show that we're gonna do. We got to like maybe a quarter of it. Yeah. Well, the good news is we already have topics for next week's show. We don't have to uh, re- reinvent the wheel there. But yeah, we had a great interview. So we had a great interview. So it's glad to have all that time taken up by, by, by hearing other people. You're going to hear enough of us talking. It's great to hear others uh, to share in on the fun. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get into our uh, favorite segment of the week, looking back, I have to ask, you know, it's been, it's been almost 13 years now since we've done this, since we were at Clemson. We've got the benefit of hindsight now. <laughs> Captain Hindsight, uh, looking back at the two years that we were there, anything you would have done differently? 
Are you talking to at Clemson or like that would have like been more of like uh, we're thinking, you know, a thousand foot view that would change of my trajectory a little bit different? Uh, I think probably at Clemson. Um, I think it probably this one had, probably hands in both. Um, I think we got the most out of it from the student perspective and like, you know, what we could do as grad students and blending that role of us like being like student leaders, but also and like employees in the school, but then also students. I think I think we uh, I felt like we did a great job doing that. Um, mine's going to probably be a little more introspective, I guess. I think personally for me, the only thing I would have done differently is I think I pigeonholed myself a little bit too much um in in orientation i loved it and it's the reason why i went to clemson and i'm so thankful for the opportunity i chose it because of it if i didn't get that orientation assistantship i i, I wouldn't have taken it i mean that would that that's what got me down to south carolina two amazing supervisors um that taught me so much and and helped shape my career but at the same token i felt like going later on down the road all my resume was was orientation 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 so i had to go to smaller schools add more to my plate without any pay more responsibilities and it just kind of made it a little harder for me to dig myself out of that Um, Mm -hmm. but you know i don't know if i would have ended up where i am how i am everything would have happened where i was um I, I definitely wouldn't have taken a chance on on my wife if it didn't happen. So a lot of things happened because of Clemson. Um, that's probably a story for another day because I was, you know, when I got the offer, I was dating somebody else and it caused me to, <laughs> to break up with them. I remember and then that. I met Steph. Yeah. So it's like that. We'll get into that. I mean, obviously, you and I are open books. So that's this is going to be us on the airwaves. This could be therapeutic. It could be also <laughs> awful for our marriages. Yeah. But at the same token, um, you know, I don't think anything would happen if I didn't do it. So I'm, I'm grateful for that point. But I think if I was there looking back, knowing that's probably the one thing I would have done differently, because it kind of dug me in a hole for a little while that I finally got out of and I'm happy. But, you know, it all everything happens for a reason. Right. What about you? Uh, you know, it's going to sound weird coming from me. Uh, and here, one of the things that's great about this uh, doing our own show on our own station is that we can run over, you know, if it were at Clemson okay. and we have six minutes left somebody's waiting at the door to get in we're gonna run a bit over that's cool we own this so um as weird as it is coming for me i probably would have gone out more um i think and this is probably going to get way too deep into things for a thursday night and a first show but i was always hesitant to go out uh for a couple reasons uh one when you grow up as a as a big kid you don't really have like, I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up, like, as a, as a kid, uh, for a couple reasons. Because, one, when you're 9, 10 years old and you're already bigger than a full-grown adult, like, people expect you to be and expect you to act older than you are. Uh, right. and, and on the flip side, the parents of the kids that you hang out with, or that you want to hang out with, they're afraid that, you know, this five foot nine, 225-pound 11-year-old like if they if our kids play, you know, is he going to hurt or hurt my kid? So there wasn't a lot there wasn't a lot of like hanging out after school and that sort of thing. So it wasn't until much later, uh, like late teens, early adulthood, that I started to get those like valuable relationships, like getting to like what it what it means to have a good friend and and do things and you know go through all the emotions with that. So I think uh, when we got to Clemson, I was playing a lot of catch up as far as like what it means to have a friend group and do things and that sort of thing. So I think that's the first thing. But the other thing with that is when you're a big dude, 
you always you're always mindful of the spaces you're going into. So like, for example, you know, we had a group of people, of people that I, looking back, I love the hell out of them. Um, you know, the, the group that would go to back streets and that sort of thing. And I remember John, you bless his heart. And I mean that in a good way. Um, like he would, every night he would go out, he would invite me out. And I think 99 times out of a hundred, I would say no, because in my head I was paralyzed with, you know, if I get in there, you know, there's booths. Am I going to be able to fit into the booth? Am I going to be able to sit in the chair that they sit in? If we're standing up, am I going to be crammed in a corner? What happens when I want to leave? Am I going to be, am I going to knock down a dozen people trying to get out of the door? So like those, those thoughts would keep going through my head and I just couldn't get past it. So I would always be like, Oh, just hang out, you know, play guitar here or whatever. And, you know, I think, I think I missed out on some really good opportunities there. Um, so I think if I had to get the and you have the big school mentality, right? That everything's going to be packed. It's always going to be crowded. Like I mean, both of us coming from smaller schools, like you just think everything's going to be exploded. So I can understand that 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 hesitation, that frustration, and that you know that fear. Yeah, absolutely. Like the summertime, that was great. Like there was a few of us, There's no one that, there. Yeah, we had a few of us that hung around. Those things were great, but you know, during the year, I was just so paralyzed with. You know, what? like, am I going to be able to actually navigate this environment? And so I just wouldn't do it. So I think right. if I had the chance to do that again, like, you know, if if I was roommates with John again and he was offering to ask him if I wanted to go out, I'd probably take him up on it, you know, half the time, if not more. Uh, because, you know, getting out here and having friends that I see regularly and being able to do things with them, obviously not right now, but, you know, that that's a valuable experience. Um you know, having you and Erica come up and visit me right after my mom died, that was like a, that was a really valuable thing. And I was like, I wish I would have had more of that. Um, and, you know, it's on me for not doing it. But, you know, I think that's the that's the one thing I probably would have done differently. It was still great. I still love the people. Um, but, you know, if I, I think one of the things I would like to do once we're able to travel again is actually start, go and start visiting some of our friends again, you know, like... Um, Going up to DC for the uh, to watch the semifinal game with Erica and Patrick. That was that was fun. Like when when you guys traveled down for the wedding, that was an awesome time. Like things like that. I want to have more of that because I was so bummed the one weekend you came to, <laughs> to, to Maryland. You were in the area. I was uh, we were up in Western New York before we moved there. I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We at least we got to talk to you for a bit though. But yeah, just things like that. Shout I out think. to Erica. Shout out to Erica and Patrick if you guys are listening. I think we saw a, uh, a Silver Spring. Uh, Silver Springs. Yeah, so I think that's that's the big thing. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I love I love where I'm at now. I, obviously, I I love my friends. I love my wife. I love love my family. So um, yeah, that's that. So enough introspection. It's time to get to the more serious issues. You may remember, or I guess those of you who uh, listened to us back in the Clemson days, you may remember that we used to have a certain segment called the Douchebag of the Week where we would look at various happenings around the country, people doing and saying the stupidest things. And we thought, what better time than now to bring that back? But here's the catch. Because we actually get paid to do work now, and we're not living off a graduate assistant salary, we can do little things like pay for somebody to record an intro to this ridiculous segment. So... Well, this is one we did have an intro to. This is the only segment we had an intro to. Yes, so... Here you go. Enjoy this little segment here. It's time 
for the douchebag of the week. So there we go. Douchebag so, of the week. So good. Um, all right. So Shane, I'll let you go first. Who do you want to nominate to be the douchebag of the week? All right. So uh, we found this article the other day. I want to nominate, uh, probably going to butcher his name, but it's Mark Ferrin Claude Biart. He is a uh, 52-year-old mafia fugitive from Rome. And so he got caught the other day um, because he's been on the run for about seven years. Authorities couldn't find him. But um, he ended up moving to the Dominican Republic, apparently, and then decided that his love for Italian food was so good that he started his own YouTube channel with his wife. And that's where authorities caught him up. So I don't want to sound super stereotypical. And I just, you know, I'm not writing this. If you guys don't believe me, I could share the Fox News story I found this off of. But uh, an Italian guy loves Italian food. Decided to start a YouTube channel, running from the boss, uh, from the mafia, and running from authorities. Probably not the best idea, given how social media is today, and tags and facial recognition. But guess it wasn't running through his mind. So my nominee is Mark Ferrin Claude Biart. Sucks to be him. Okay, well my nominee um, is not as funny, but probably equally as douchey good old Kim Mulkey the head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears basketball team decided after her team lost to UConn in the Elite Eight and the NCAA Women's Tournament um, after struggling to understand how to put on a mask putting it on upside down sideways all that good stuff she decided unprompted it was a great time to just rant about how COVID testing was a bad idea so she said, and I got the exact quote here, and I'm going to try it in my southern accent. It's been a while since I've been down there, so might be a little bit rough. Wait for this. <clears throat> After the games today and tomorrow, there's four teams left, I think, on the men's side and the women's side. They need to dump the COVID testing. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing, and then you got kids that test positive or something, and they don't get to play in the final four? So you just need to forget the COVID test and get the four teams playing in the final four and go battle it out. I don't even need to begin to describe how stupid that is. First of all, you're in a bubble. So if somebody got COVID, it's because they broke the rules as it was. So right. there should be some sort of, I mean, it sucks, but th there should be some sort of uh, repercussions there. Secondly, yes, uh, you know, the there's the whole thing about, well, they're young and they're in good shape. So, of course, COVID won't affect them. First of all, we've established that's not the case always. But secondly, you have staffers there, you have coaches, you have referees, uh, game day staff, all these different people that aren't young 20-year-olds. So, it's not just about the players. Like, if you, if you put everybody else in hazmat suits and wanted to do that, maybe. Still a stupid idea. But this whole like, well, let's just you know, let's let's uh, forget about it and let them battle it out and see what happens. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea, Kim. You were an idiot, an well, yeah, idiot. Not to, not to and not to mention the fact that like you're already exploiting the hell out of them because they're just athletes who are not going to do much. And from the women's side of things, there's not exactly many opportunities for them outside of they don't get drafted the NBA, WNBA. It's not like the men's league where you have like G League and international leagues you can do. Like 
so they should put their body on the line and their their life on the line and their you know their health on the line for this like no sorry and not to mention nobody asked her about this it was it wasn't somebody was provoked yeah it wasn't like one of her players was ruled out due to covid and they were like hey coach monkey sucks what do you think about the covid protocols it was just like well we lost the game by the way let me rant on covid because that will get me some fans i mean maybe in baylor it will but so kim you were my douchebag of the week so here we are we are at the end um do we want to talk a little bit about what we're going to do moving forward yeah i don't think it hurts i mean um I mean, obviously, we're probably going to do a weekly show is, is our plan for now. So we'll do the same, same bad time, same bad channel uh, coming in Thursdays, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. West Coast. Um, and uh, try to try to keep it kind of lighthearted. Today was a little bit more of kind of catching up with what we're doing and uh, how we've been and kind of taking a trip down memory lane. But uh, for those of you who've been with us for a while, uh, it'll be probably a very much similar format. Um those of you who haven't, um, things we like to do is probably talk uh, quite a bit of sports. I mean, that's two of the things that you and I bonded over and became friends with. Um, pop culture is another thing we'll probably touch uh, touch on, current events, those type of things. Uh, probably going to try to keep it politics-free, uh, unless it's a funny story that we can do to poke fun of it. But, you know, given these times, we want to unite, not divide. So I think our goal is to kind of go go through that. Um, anything you want to add, Mike, on the the flow and the uh, the vision for what we're doing? It's really a grab bag, and I do want to promote um, the station in general. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna have stuff running twenty four seven. I think as we work the the kinks out with doing live stuff, we want to try and bring some more people into the fold. Um, so if that's something that interests you, let's talk. Uh, but we have music playing all the time. Uh, we just moved to a new format this week. Uh, Mondays are eighties music all day. Tuesdays, 90s music, Wednesdays, 2000s. Today's a collection of our favorite songs, which is really just everything. Anything from boy bands to uh, 90s gangster rap, that sort of thing. Uh, and everything in between. Uh, tomorrow is Flashback Friday, so it's going to be a mix of 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And then over the weekend, it's the grab bag. So anything that we have queued up in the station is fair game. Uh, may, it'll make for some interesting, uh, interesting combinations, but... Uh, you know, basically, if you like boy band music, if you like uh, '90s, 2000 rap music, that sort of thing, give it a listen. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. If you have music that we're that you're not hearing that you want to hear, hit us up. Uh, we're glad to we're glad to add more stuff into the rotation. But the idea is to eventually have it as something that you can listen to while you're at work. Uh, you know, especially in this work from home time or limited uh, work from home time. You know, we want to have something you can listen to at your desk in your office. Uh, when you go back to work, if you haven't already, uh, you know, stuff you can listen to in there. So give us a listen. We're going to be on Thursdays uh, at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern uh, every week. Uh, and if we don't, if we have something going on, we'll figure out a way to record it in advance so you can still get your entertainment. And we're going to find a way to upload this as a podcast, too. So if you're tuning in late and want to catch up, we will find a way to get you covered as well. Uh, we do want some listener interaction. So whether it be following us on our, our social media feeds, we currently have uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, just search Pals Radio. I think most of them are Pals Radio just because uh, for for the uh, the handle restrictions, it was a little easier for us to find. Um, so please hit us up that way. Um, 
we do, if you want to potentially be a guest, uh, by all means, let us know. We can always bring some folks into the fold. We want to bring, lighten it up. Uh, you probably get tired of hearing us every week, so we want to bring in some new perspectives, um, some some throwbacks, some new people, things we can do. So we we'll definitely want to do that. Um, and definitely uh, use hit us up on the phone or via text message or in our shows. We want to make it a little more interactive if we can. Today was a little bit of a kind of laying out what we're going to do. But moving forward, um, we would love to have some more participation and listener interaction if we can. And if you forgot, that number again is 669-369-PALS. That's 669-369-7257. Yes, I went to find a number that had the most 69s in it and had PALS in it. What can I say? Still got some growing up to do, but uh, maybe someday. Anyway, give us a call. Hit us up on the text line during our future shows. We've had fun. Give this us is feedback. Yeah, absolutely. We wanna we wanna get better for you all. We wanna give you what you guys want to listen to. So this is know. this is the people's network. We are pals for life for a reason. So uh with that, I think we will we will sign off for now. Uh he's Shane, I'm Mike. Uh and thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks so much. Take care. Goodbye, Sydney, Australia. <laughs>